So like I have this, I have an orange North Face jacket. Okay. I've had it for years. Sure. And I keep, I, I have a green hat that I'll occasionally wear with it. Okay. And I look like an Irish flag. Oh, that's good. I was and thinking the, carrot, yeah. Yeah, and the joke is I look like an Irish flag, which is almost what they used to call me in high school. <laughs> Another OK Podcast. Hello, my name is Dan O. And this is the world's most OK Podcast. And I am excluding the Anderson Cooper Podcast that he did a while ago. That one was OK, um, but this one is even more OK. Welcome. This is Comedian Ordinaire, episode 32, I believe. 32 of these things. That's pretty wild. We got another comedian interview today. Sat down and interviewed a comedian. We talked about comedy. Um, oh, it's just crazy that this has turned into exactly pretty much what I wanted it to be. I don't. I don't know. I'm just internally grateful to anyone who decides to give their attention to this little thing that I'm doing. Um, I don't know. It's very. It's it's the most fun that I've ever had, and I I just love being creative. So, to anybody that has been a part of it, I I don't know how to thank you. This is so cool. It's cool that I. I mean, I don't make any money. I I want to be 100% transparent. That's why you don't hear ads, and that's why you hear me saying things like uh, fuck StubHub or uh, climate change is real. That's why you hear me saying things like that, because I don't have advertisers. Um, anyways, today's guest, very special guest, Chris Knox, uh, is on the podcast. Chris Knox is a Denver comic. Somebody that I met and I might have talked about in the second episode of this podcast. If you go back and listen to the Irish Rover Bomb, I think that was my first stand-up set of 2019. I had taken a few months off at that point, and I was like, dude, I, I don't know. I had the itch. I had the itch that week, and uh, I needed to scratch it way, uh, with some comedy. So I went over to the Irish Rover. I went over to the Rover. And uh, signed up on this list, and once you know it, sat down next to a, a guy. We start talking about comedy, and you know he tells me that he hasn't been up in a pretty long while, and I'm like, hey, shit, me too. That's crazy. Anyways, fantastic. He was a gentleman. He went up for a little bit. We'll get into the story when the podcast starts, but I don't know. It's just uh, it's crazy to think that you know just uh, some comedian that I met at an open mic would end up being one of my favorite podcast guests. So, I don't know, it's just really cool. And uh, I, I kind of like how this whole thing has just happened. Um, but that is Chris Knox. Um, he's just such a nice guy, man. He let me into his home, and I got to meet his dogs. And his wife was there, who decorated their home beautifully. I feel like I'm getting into too much detail now. But um, anyways, I'm not going to keep rambling anymore. Um before we get into it, as always, all questions, comments, queries, and concerns are welcome at ComedianOrdinaire at gmail.com. Hit up the email because I, I read everything in there and I answer all the stuff that's in there. Um, even the racist things I reply to. 
And I'm not racist back, so anyways, just do that. Whatever it is, you know, if you decide to send like a I've always I always say this, if you decide to send like a middle finger emoji, make sure that it's the black one. Because that one hurts more for some reason. I don't know why, but whatever the case may be, go ahead and uh, email that thing. You can follow us, or I say us, like there's a team. God damn it, I wish there was a team of people. Then I wouldn't have to sit down and edit these, but you can follow me at uh, comedian dot. That's a period. Comedian dot ordinaire. Uh, that is on Instagram and on Facebook. I am D-A-N-O Olivares. O-L-I-V-A-R-E-S at, uh, and that's not at anything. It's just on Facebook. I don't like getting into these plugs too much, but you know what? I got to do it because I want to talk to more comedians. And if any are out there listening, please, holy shit, get in contact. I just want to sit down and uh, and pick your brain about comedy and talk about past traumas and do you believe in Santa Claus? Things like that. I kind of just want to get into that with comedians. Um, so do that. Holy shit. That's enough of me talking. It has been, oh my God, about, I don't know, three minutes. <laughs> Maybe more uh, of this intro. So I'm not going to ramble on too much more. Without further ado, Chris Knox, welcome. Thank you. That is how you say it, right? It Chris? is. Like, <laughs> Okay, no, that's good. Uh, man, yep. how are you? I'm good, man. It's been a while. It has been a while. We got some things to get into. This is wild that we have ended up doing this because first time I met you was, I don't know if you remember. Yep, Irish Rover. Irish Rover. It was yeah. a Monday night. We had both it was. signed up. Yeah, literally I followed you into the place, signed up right after you, and we were way down on the list. We we were there like at 11. Yeah, well, it was like, I think we were like the 40th or whatever person on the list and yeah. but like the 60th to actually get up so crazy man so yeah. we sat there like in the front row of course yeah i had no idea what i was doing that was my first time like performing in oh like four or five months at that point. yeah yeah that was my first time up in uh, i don't remember how many months but it was a long time as well you took a break didn't you I, i've taken a lot of breaks yeah that's what happens man yeah it's it, tough well, to stay consistent with it it is because i i think your expectations have yeah. to kind of shift a little bit because I think when you first start doing it, you have this weird fantasy that the it's world's just going to find you. You know, yeah. like this yeah. is this is what I'm meant to do. And then you right. start doing it. You, you start realizing how fucking unrewarding it can be. Oh, my God. You have no idea. And then, yeah. So, like, and I got up. I think I, I, I had three minutes. I did about a minute and a half. I remember that. And oh I even, God. like, just, like, I succumb to it. I'm like, you know, I just honestly wanted to get up. I haven't been up yeah. in a long time. Yeah. And then like, you know, the rest of the, the crew's standing there just like waiting for the next thing. Dude, it was like I was talking to you pretty much the entire night. Yeah. We were just going back and forth. I was like, oh, oh shit, I met a comedian. This is crazy. We both haven't gone up in a while. And I was waiting for you to come back and sit down. Nope. Because I was going to be like, dude, you fuck, you, at least you went up there. Right. But you did like a minute and a half. You almost ran out of the place. Yep. I noped right the fuck out. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I can't sit in this. I'm when just going to go ahead that, and go. By the way, do you know? That was April. That was April. April something, yeah. You know what's wild? That rec So whenever I do a mic, I get my phone up there. I record the audio so I can yeah. listen to it later. And I used that audio for the second episode of this podcast. Nice. From that nice. night. Pretty crazy how it's gone full circle. When you and you've got good stuff. You do you're kind of a one liner guy. That's sort of the the thing right now. Yeah. yeah. I think well what I'm working on is storytelling. Yeah. It's my weakest quality of comedy. 
I'm not good at it. It's a, that. what's a good progression? It just yeah. doesn't match, and you can't mix it. It's dude. If I mix storytelling with one-liners, the story is unbelievable. No one yep. cares. Yep. And that's the challenge right now. Yeah, and I think that's something that a lot of people run into. Because when I first started, it wasn't that I did it intentionally. I think that I was just overworked. Yeah. And I spent too much time prepping and rehearsing, and it just kind of came off as Whoa. story or uh, sorry, uh, one-linery. Yeah. Just because it was like a lot of pauses, and it was just very metered. Mm. And then I think when you get comfortable, you try to riff a little bit, and then right. it just comes. It doesn't match, and then it just comes off as you're an, you're an asshole. Never, I can't do that, man. Um, now we'll get like first of all, let's get to know you a little bit. Where are you from? So I was born here. I was you were born in Colorado. Born in Aurora. Okay. And then oh, they yikes. moved me away when I was a baby. Oh, good for you. And then apparently I was a toddler in Kansas City. Apparently. Uh, yeah, I don't remember any of it. Okay. And then they moved me down to the Woodlands, Texas on my fourth birthday. Ah. And I, that's kind of when you vaguely start remembering things in your sure. life. I remember moving and then I, I lived there until I was 19. So I spent 15 years in the Woodlands, Texas. So it's you just are Texan. Kind of, but it's outside of Houston. So it's not like Texas, Texas. Hmm. It's uh, it's white flight suburbia Houston. Ah, so it's everybody's from somewhere else. Right. I don't have an accent, or at least I don't think I do. I don't hear it at all. And then, uh, and then I moved to Phoenix for a little bit. Okay. And I went to school for a little bit out there. High school. Uh, no, this was at nineteen. I was out of school. So I went to, to uh, I went not to brag, but I went to Devry University. Oh. Uh, until I realized it was a uh, diploma mill scam, That's and then right, yeah. I went to community college for a little bit uh-huh. uh, until I kind of figured out <laughs> that I didn't want to do this anymore. And then I got a job in the family business, hmm. uh, which is dental uh, industry. So my dad and grandpa, yeah, both sold and repaired dental equipment. All First their thing careers. I noticed about you was your teeth, so it makes sense that you've gone into. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> DeVry University, I I just have a thing, and I'm not trying to bash it. Oh, all, bash, dude. I just try not to go to a college that has a commercial. Oh, yeah. And, dude, every time I see a commercial for it, I'm like, no, nah, I can't. No, and nobody should. No. I'll be, yeah, I'll, and so, it, not, so I, I'll be honest. I have not been the smartest guy, like, at any point in my life. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I think that was... You know, the commercial was like, you can learn the computers. I'm like, I That's need to right. learn the computers. That's yeah. what everybody's doing. They show yeah. an ethnic learn, learning the computer. Yes. Like, I made $8 million. Get the, the fuck out of here. Yeah. I should be doing that. That's yeah. crazy. Holy shit, I'm dumb. And so I went, and it was a it was a trash fire of a school, and it was yeah. it was a joke. Oh, man. Um, wasn't the easiest school. And so, but it was actually more than the community college was. Yeah. But I hated it. And so I went to the community college for a while, but I'm just not a great student. No. I can't focus. Really? I, yeah, oh yeah. I was going to ask you all that. Like, what kind of kid were you growing up? So you're not a good student. No. What so, does that mean for you, like a kid? Only child. Uh-huh. Uh, that makes sense. ADHD tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, just, yeah, I, it's hard to get me to focus on anything. For hmm. And then so in school, I, I, I probably... Uh, would have told you I was the class clown, but I was probably the obnoxious weird kid. Ah, who big difference. Wouldn't shut the fuck up. Yeah. yeah. So attention seeker a little bit. Oh or? boy. Yeah. So I mean, that's the only child syndrome. Oh yeah, big time. Yeah. So you don't have that that natural kind of 
enemy in the wild coming up that that'll tell you to shut the fuck up and you know beat your ass in yeah. the in your room late at you night. You never got your ass beat as a kid. No, I and I needed to. I yeah. should have had my ass beat a number of times. I'll beat your ass after this. All right, <laughs> somebody's got to do it. All right, I'll put you on the floor. Um, so were you into comedy as a kid though? Big time. Like comedians. Oh yeah. Who were you into? Um, so as a kid, I lived um, for like Gallagher and. Ah. My, so my mom was pretty liberal with what she would let me rent at Blockbuster. Okay. But as, I mean, as long as it wasn't like, you know, something that looked like super violent or sexual, you know, she let me rent anything from like the comedy rack. Wow. And so I, I got like everybody had grown up. And, you know, as young, a young kid, you, you liked Bill Cosby. Sure. You liked, I like Victor Borga. You I don't know, even know. He was a piano comedian. Um, Gallagher. Is he American? I don't. I don't remember. I don't think okay. so. But he was an old white guy, and he uh-huh. would like tell jokes and play things on the piano. That's it was beautiful. Yeah, and it was for you know a kid. It was great. Yeah. Um, I remember we loved Tim Allen's half hour special so much we bought it, Whoa. and it was before the, the his show. It right. was like his big break, and yeah. it was great. And it's you know it's a lot of the stuff. It's the grunting, the power tools. And I kind of watch that now. Like this has not aged well. No, I could see that you know how. It, it took off for him. That was his thing. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was his genesis. It was after he did jail for selling coke and everything. And oh, then, shit. Yeah, and then he got the show, and then and now he's a Trump supporter. Oh, it all goes downhill after you get your own show. Uh, man, so you're into comedy as a kid. How long until you actually do an open mic or do stand-up for the first time? So I was in my late 20s. Okay. Um, so I, I worked in the dental business. I've been in it for almost 16 years now. Mm. Working in the dental business for uh, years, seven years or so. And then I just, I didn't, like I never felt like it was a career. It kind of does now because I feel like I'm old enough where I just kind of, I feel almost stuck in it. Sure. But it was to the point where I felt like I needed to do something different. I needed a creative outlet or something. Did you say early 20s? I was late 20s. Ah, Late 20s. Yeah. I was like 20, oh man, I think I was like 28, 29. The whole time though, like up until this point, have you wanted to do it or are you yeah, thinking about doing it? Yeah, and I didn't. I didn't know how you got into it. I just, I don't know. I had no idea. And so I was I was to the point where I, I hated my job. I hated, I things weren't going great for me in general. Mm. And so I, I got a bunch of books on Amazon and I read a book. Right. It's called Step by Step to Stand-Up Comedy Whoa. by Greg Dean. Shout actually, Anthony Greg. Jeselnik actually read the same book and then did took the guy's class I no felt so way. yeah I felt That's so amazing. happy is it a helpful book at the time yes but it it like introduced me to the concept of open mics and uh-huh. how you like actually do comedy and it's like it would show you the formula for like writing jokes like this is the setup and then the the reveal is the punchline it's sure. like it, it subverts expectations and everything and then so I I was just like all right well look and then sure shit there's a ton of open mics in town I was like I'll just go and then I'd never go. I talked myself out at the last minute. And this is Denver, right? Yeah. And okay. then so I found the Comedy Works website and I found the new Talent Night page mm-hmm. and I called the number a bunch of times. Wow. And every time it would it would like get halfway through the, the message, I mean, I'd hang up. I'm like, nope. Oh. I, I nope out. The Irish oh. goodbye, dude. It's my favorite <laughs> thing ever. So they had a, a show. It was like a... Um, it was like, like a bringer contest thing. Mm. And it was at the South Club. <clears throat> Excuse me. And everybody paid like 10 bucks. You get three minutes and then they bring out like five finals or whatever. And then by a round of applause, they'd give the purse to somebody. Old school. 
And so it was an email. I had a few beers in me, oh. and I did something kind of out of character, and I sent an email. So yeah, I'd like to do the show, and they're like, "All right, fine." It's a mm. Sunday night at the South Club, like a week away, and I was fucking anxious for it the whole time. Did you have anything ready? Yeah, I'd been writing for years. You had been, writing. yeah. And I, oh yeah, I had a ton of shit, and then uh, like it was real. And I remember that Sunday, I woke up anxious. I was just like yeah. freaking out, and I've sure. had anxiety like all my life, uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> and. So, yeah, I was like, I was to the point like halfway through the day, I was like, you know, fuck it. If this is going to be too excruciating for you, just don't. Just don't do this to yourself. Mm. I'll let you off the hook, but you have to stop fucking thinking about it. You know, you're not a comedy guy. This is not your thing. If you can't fucking make yourself do this. So I took a I took a Xanax and I I went and and I and I. I remember I had a beer there and I was so nervous and I like met a few people and I can't remember anybody, right. any conversations. Yeah, um, and I'm just freaking out. The show starts, they post the lineup, the the guy before me comes off, Eugene Kenny hosted it. That's the only thing I remember. I like Eugene Kenny. He's, he's awesome. Yeah, he's funny as hell. And then have you, you've ever, have you performed at the South Club? I've never performed at Comedy Works. Oh shit, dude. I'm still too scared you for got that it. stage. Well, so at the South Club, they have the green room. Yeah. There's a door, and then there's a little void between the door and a curtain to the stage. Uh-huh. It's like the size of a phone booth, and you're in yeah. the dark. And I'm standing there, and I'm like, dude, I'm like freaking out. Behind the curtain? Yeah. Fuck, that's and crazy. then Eugene Kenny says my name, ah. and it like went away. Whoa. And I walked out. Let's give it up for him, everybody. Let him hear it. Wait, Chris, your first, is this your first time doing this show? First I just kind of waved. And then I did the, the rookie thing where I left the mic stand right there in the front, picked Classic. the mic out. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Comedy Works. I almost fucked it all up just starting off. And then I did my stuff. And I think knowing what I know now, like, it went okay. Okay. But the fact that I didn't bomb horribly, the fact yeah. that I actually went through the whole three minutes and I remembered my jokes, got some laughs. And I just wish the edibles did what the butt tenders said they're going to do. They're always like, oh, yeah, dude, they're like mellow. They're not too heady. They're chill. I wish they'd be like, oh, man, I hope you want to hear your own heartbeat for four hours. Oh, man, these are going to make your mouth a real bucket of sand. Oh, boy, you're going to feel your pulse in your eyeballs until you convince yourself they're filling up with blood and they're going to explode in your head and you're going to die. Actually, sir, we're going to have to ask you to leave. This isn't for you. Yeah. Like, I felt like I killed. What? And I hadn't told a soul that I was doing this. Oh, that's so I went movie. backstage and they had a beanbag chair and I just like collapsed into it. And it was like tingling, man. Yeah. And it, oh, yeah. And it was like the best feeling I ever had. Whoa. And then uh, I didn't do it again for a month after that. Whoa. <laughs> do you remember any jokes from that night? So, I mean, they were all dick jokes. And then, yeah, they were they were all gross dick jokes. Uh, I opened, I wrote the, the joke I opened with that morning. And I thought, you know, and now I know it's everybody's first joke is you go out and you compare your first time to losing your virginity. Yeah. And it was like, take it easy. It's my first time. Right. I actually said that when I lost my virginity. You said that. <laughs> yeah. And I got like a, ch- like a groanish chuckle. Everybody's like, fuck you. <laughs> I had a joke about thinking about baseball to last longer and uh troy trulowitzki used to come out to a justin bieber song oh yeah and it was um uh, i started thinking about baseball and then for some reason troy trulowitzki popped in my head Mm. and i finished 
Mm. And now every time I go to the Rockies <laughs> games, I hear that Justin Bieber song and I get the weirdest boner. <laughs> That's good. Uh, that's actually good. I thought it was brilliant. But yeah, now yeah. it's such a hack joke. It's oh, man. That's amazing. Dude, first time to do it at Comedy Works is... Yeah. And the second tough. time I did it, I did it at the, the same show, same club and everything. And it was the, the night that the Broncos won that game in overtime against the Steelers with Tebow. Yeah. Because I remember watching it in like the, the bar area there. Yeah. And then, so that one... I, you know, I'd done it once, you know, so I was much more comfortable, sure. didn't need the Xanax and yeah. all the beer. And I, um, I actually got into the, the final five, didn't win the show or anything like that. Uh -huh. But yeah, I thought I'm well on my way. Why did it take a month for you to go back? I think I just rode that high. I didn't want to ruin it. Yeah. You know, it's like, I yeah, think yeah. I knew the carpet was going to be pulled out from underneath me at oh, any moment. Man. And then, um, so I, I started calling into new talent night and then I did my two minutes there a few weeks later for the third time yeah. I've ever done comedy and that and that went pretty good too and then I started doing open mics and the problem was I had expectations of what that looks like doing it at comedy works yeah and then doing it at open mics mm, big difference big time yeah yeah and yeah it was miserable and I was like why do I keep bombing and why do I suck Dude, it happens. Uh, have you met Josh Grambo? Oh, yeah. I like Grambo. Josh Grambo was like, if you don't get laughs at Comedy Works, like if you bomb at Comedy Works, consider quitting. Because it's one of the, that's just a nice crowd is what I hear. Like, they're yeah. there to laugh. It's a, it, yeah. Totally different. And, you know, you hear about it, you know, like Rogan will talk about Comedy Works. That's like one of the best clubs in the country. And right. Chappelle loves it. And it's. It's perfect. You know, it's just the way that the room is shaped, mm. it, you know, low ceilings, it's dark. It just feels like a good comedy place. The yonder, like the, everyone's phone is in the thing. Yeah. So there's nothing. Yeah, like no distractions. Yeah. They drink. Usually they've been drinking. It's downtown. Uh -huh. So they show up half lit. Right. Yeah. You know, no, it's amazing. It has the restaurant. Yeah. 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 No, and, and I know people hate the South Club because it's very different. It is different. It has the balcony. I it's, don't know. Yeah, it's I too like, big. It's, you think? Well, I mean, it, I think Brant Tobler was the one that said that's where you get to show what you really have got because the, the downtown club is like cheat mode. Mm. You really have to work. I actually saw Brant Tobler there yeah. last night. That's Amazing. why it popped in my head. Yeah, I, I love him. Have you met him? Um, no. Okay, because I see him around and I'm like, this guy, dude, he's a killer. Yeah, I have not met him personally. I want to, but yeah. I, I always feel weird about that going up and introducing myself. Really? So I would if like... He was co-hosting Thickskin. Yeah. I wouldn't have a problem introducing myself. But, like, just seeing him, or if he was, like, hanging out after the show last like in night. in room or something. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't see him, and so I don't know. No, he's funny, man. He's yeah. A, and, I mean, I'm, I'm starting to, like, to throw random questions into these podcasts, so I'm not trying that, to catch you off guard. No, but no. Like, what's your biggest regret in your entire life? Uh, I just got married. Thank you. She's a neat lady. I like her a lot. Um, but uh, she's a beautiful girl. She looks a lot like Anne Hathaway. Yeah. And as you can see, I look like Bobby Flay had a baby with Ellen. <laughs> I've been a quitter, and I, I, I've... I've been somebody that has half-assed a lot of things and then just given up. 
And I've done that in a lot of different areas, not just comedy. And I've done it in comedy like three times. Like video games? And no, like uh, like I had a great opportunity with the dental stuff uh-huh. I had to be an outside salesperson, which you can really work your way into a great career doing that. And then I got the opportunity and it, it was too hard. And mm. I just kind of gave up on it. And then relationships, you know, right. things get a little too tough and I give up on it and then that's uh, classic you though you're like all right i'm piecing out i'm not saying that. yeah and I'm, I'm sure my my therapist would tell you that's that's got to be you know an only child <laughs> thing and it's just it's something about being handed everything your whole life that you know it, and it's uh, adversity has never been one of those things that i've i've really taken on i've never been a grab the bull by the horns kind of guy i've always been a get the fuck out of the bullpen kind of guy yeah but now you're doing comedy. Well, and I think that's that's kind of a symptom of something bigger is that I really have been trying, and especially lately. Yeah. And, I, and this is, I mean, this has been something that's happened with me uh, currently. I mean, like, it's happening, but I'm, I'm still, I'm fucking 37, right. you know. But, you know, I'm trying to undo that many years of just awful habits. and Yeah, that's not easy putting up a wall and it's it's like this ingrained defense mechanism that you have mm-hmm. you know it's 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 too hard just kind of yeah. put up a wall you you're know? always trying to get comfortable yeah but well, that's huge yeah does therapy help with that it does sorry yeah. i keep like stomach burping white claw on your microphone here but no, no i'll get a new one after <laughs> this don't worry about it it's fine um yeah no I, it, therapy's great yeah and i i could stand to go more and i I would recommend it to anybody. Dude, I if I could afford it, I would go weekly because I think that it would make me twice as funny. I don't have any trauma that I'm trying to deal <laughs> with. I literally just think if I pay someone to listen to me tell stories, I might get funnier. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And it, you know, it is an opportunity to talk and have it's an like, audience. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Just like a live podcast, but it's one on one with the right. person who has to take it. And they're they're frankly paying to be you know, you're paying them to be there and that's exactly yeah. right. But no, I, I love it, and it's something I'm still working on. I still have a lot of work to do. And Man, uh, do you still get nervous before open mics or before oh, yeah. performing? Every time. Every single time. Yeah, and I will say that the thing that probably helped me the most was improv class. Whoa. So before I started doing open mics again, I started taking classes at Bovine Metropolis. Okay. And I got up to level three. Um, I loved it that much. So level one feels like therapy. Okay. It is like this exercise and hey, you are going to be told to do some really goofy, embarrassing, weird shit that's really kind of out of your comfort zone. Right. Like but, what? Like what? So it's like, you know, like, all right, everybody up and then imagine you're this thing or do this weird moment movement with your arms mm. and stuff. And dude, it, like it, they literally force you to kind of get up and do the shit that like really does kind of feel humiliating yeah but everybody else is doing it so you would be weird not to ah. but that's like the that's the point right. you know because if you're going to get up and you're going to be able to just act and, and improvise comedy you have mm. to be comfortable and they really do the first level is like a crash course and doing embarrassing shit that's until you wild. feel comfortable but i'd recommend it to anybody how long did you do that for um all told, it was probably, it's a little over six months. Okay. So, yeah, because I think they go to level five. It takes about a year to get through the program. Is this after you had done comedy for the first time, though? Yeah, so this was uh, just last year. Okay. I, and then, so I was doing both for a while. So when I met you, I was still doing 
the improv classes. And then it yeah. got to the point where, you know, I got a, a wife and two dogs and a, and a job that almost feels like a career. And mm. I've got a lot of things that, you know, so I can, I can probably get away for, you know, two nights a week tops. Yeah. So I can either do one improv class and then one night at open mic, or I could do two nights of open mics. So I, I chose doing stand up instead of sticking with the improv. Whoa, that's it. I mean, that's probably for the best though. No. Yeah. And I, so, and I'll be perfectly honest. The thing that turned me off the most about improv was going to an improv show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. It was, and I hope, that the people that I know from improv don't take offense, but yeah, it's, it, it can be real painful. It can be really funny, but it's, it's, you know, it's like anything else, right? You know, you're they're trying to be funny, which adds like another layer to it. And the improv in general just kind of has, it's a very different feel, Yeah, you know, and it, it, sometimes, you know, there's the bad apple that spoils the bunch in LA. There's somebody who just doesn't get it, who yeah. keeps, throwing a wrench in the gears or there's somebody who knows too much and they steamroll everybody else and they're too good and interesting and i had a pretty good uh class and i really liked all the people that i was i was in the class with but when i picture like a bad improv performance it's someone in the crowd that ruins it by shouting out asshole suggestions oh yeah well and so and just like any other open mic, most of the people in the audience at improv shows are also in improv <laughs> classes so they're usually <laughs> you know it's it's like it's weird absurdist shit that they'll th throw out there and you yeah. kind of, but it's just, ugh. you yeah. know, you'll, you'll see two people walk out and one will start stirring something in a bowl or something mm. like that. They start doing this like act That's outs. Goofy, man. Oh dude. Yeah. It can be really painful. Do you have any physical attributes in your own stand-up comedy now because of that? I think that I, I have tried to, you know, I've tried not to just stand there, which I've been guilty of. Um, and I've, I've tried you just using the mic stand since I'm not very physical. Yeah. What and do you use the mic stand as like a person or no, just like just, it? no, just, yeah. Literally leaving just, the mic in okay. there. So, Cause if you pull the mic out and then you're basically just standing there, yeah, it, it doesn't do anything for you. Right. And it just, it, it turns into this thing where you're, you know, you're fucking with the thing mm -hmm, before mm -hmm. and after you're set. Yeah. Whereas if, you know, you're frankly just going to stand there anyways, well, just leave it. And then, but you can kind of lean it a little bit, do the Sam talent and just kind of like. Oh, yeah, that's too good. Yeah. yeah. I like the thing where they grab the top of it and like move yep. it back and forth. Like, <laughs> like the gear. lever. Yeah. Yeah. Here comes like, the punchline lever. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm comfortable. The most uncomfortable I am is as soon as I'm done with this set, the host is coming back up and I have to like quickly put it back in place. Yeah. I just feel some sort of crazy pressure and I can never do it. Yeah. It's well, tough. sometimes, you know, they get the, the, the actual mic holder for like an acoustic set or whatever. So you can't like just easily knock it out. Yeah. And then you kind of have to spread the thing with your fingers and then fish the cord Jeez. in there. Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. It's like, uh, like when you're paying for something with like cash, they give you a thing back and like you have to put all the cash back in your wallet before the next person right, gets up. Right, right. The and they're the standing there holding the receipt and you're like, yeah. hold on, sir. They're like trying to give it to you. They're like, you don't have a third hand. What are you, an asshole? <laughs> I 100% get that. Yeah. Uh, another random question for you. What do you think the world would be better without? Oh, man, the internet. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. This is going on the internet. I know. So I know this is your thing. I've gotten very anti-internet in the last few years what does that mean to you like only four hours a day or dude i so 
yeah, it's it's extremely addicting. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I lived on it for yeah. and just like this constant like input, you know. Mm-hmm. But you see what it does to people, and it's like the whole thing has turned out to be this this social experiment. And right. I feel like it's done more harm than help. You know, it was for like invented for scientists to, you know, transmit Shit, data. Really fast. Yeah. Right. But it's turned into this like tool for fascism and propaganda mm. and porn and like even like, you know, the seedier parts of the Internet that get bigger and bigger. And it's, right. you know, e-commerce, you know, Amazon is probably a worse offender than Walmart in a lot of ways. I would say so. Yeah. You know, there's and it just really has taken over where people really don't live amongst each other anymore. It's like we're, we almost have this adversarial thing with everybody now. Yeah. And it's weird. And it, and it, it seems like it's, it's come from the comments sections, you know, it's like, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, comments, people are anonymous and their courage goes up. by like Yeah. And they're, I think people's general opinion of humanity is, as just, it's all valid. now. Everyone has it. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I, I just think, and I sound like a 37-year-old man here. Yeah. You're yeah. Really dating yourself. It's good. Yeah. But I mean, like. Like, how much time do you spend on your phone or your at the internet in general? You know, and more than I should and more than I, I like. And I, I don't take away much out of it. And I'm, I'm down to just, like, I go on Facebook and I look at the comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. But I still do that too much. Yeah. And then I go on Twitter which I, I shouldn't. I should delete Twitter. And I, you know, the, the idea is to go in there and follow comedians and, you network know, you, that way. Well, not even networking. I'm mm. a shitbird. Uh-huh. But I like reading like Colin Quinn and, you know, like okay. all the, you know, Gary Goldman's great on Twitter. I don't follow him. No. Oh, dude. Yeah. He, he gives like comedy tips every day on Twitter. Amazing. It's great. Amazing. But you can't avoid the circus and then, you know, the impeachment and everything. And that's wild. Dude, I get so sucked into it. And, yeah. you know, and I, I am not. A conservative by any means. I don't think it's a bad thing though to get sucked into that part of the internet, like you're saying. But it's so, and I always find it ironic that people on Twitter point to Trump and mm-hmm. call him the Fox News president when he's the guy who spends all day on Twitter. And you look <laughs> at the cesspool that is Twitter and the, right. like the politics, and it is very easy to get pulled to the extremes. And I think it is more divisive because it is. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, it's. A lot of it's bullshit, and it's both sides. But I will say that the right has mastered the propaganda and the fake news and the and Big the time. oh yeah, they do their yeah. geniuses at yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. They, like you see these, you see these old people, and I have these in my family uh-huh. who who get these memes and all this these fake articles from these fake news sites, and they believe every bit of it. And they they follow these personalities, these you know the pundits and stuff. Yeah, and. You know, I don't know. I just, I've gotten sour on the whole thing. It sounds like you're saying we're almost too dumb for the internet. I, I don't think, I think that people have tapped into that. Uh-huh. And I think it's, you know, have you heard of Dunning-Kruger? Mm-hmm. It's where dumb people think they're smart because they take in all this information. Mm. And conspiracy theorists have this a lot, you yeah. know, because they think they're, they're in tune to something that the rest of us aren't. Right. They're smarter than ever because they know. Yeah. They're sold some shit by some guy hmm. who created a story about something and damn, people buy into it. You're kind of putting me in my place, man. I'm always thinking like, oh, I'm better than everybody. I see a random person. I'm like, oh, fuck that guy. I'm so much smarter. <laughs> I have no idea who he is. Well, I think that, you know, part of, you know, turning 37 is you realize that you're yeah. not 
I'm nothing that I thought I was before. You you've know? had more of your life without it than you've had with it, though. Like, for me, it's exactly half and half. Yeah. And yeah. And it's a part of it. I remember, well, yeah, I remember Napster and MySpace and all that stuff when it <laughs> popping up. I remember, like, it was so different. Cause I remember we had, uh, was it Progeny? Prodigy? Prodigy? Internet dial-up. It was way back in the oh, '90s, God. and I remember reading articles about Kurt Cobain's suicide on there Jeez. in '94. Oh my! But God. it was like that was a thing that you had to like sit down at the computer, and then you had to let it do its thing it and dial in. That's yeah, right. you had to go do it. You didn't have hours. Now it's just so accessible. Yeah, you know, it's Man. like if you're a pothead living in Denver, it's so much easier. You just don't you don't have those forced dry spells. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it might be a bad thing actually. Um, no, yeah, I guess I kind of agree, but, uh, what's your preparation process like as far as comedy? You talked about when you did it the first time that you rehearsed it over and over. Are you still like that? Like every word needs to be. No, no, no. And it, and it's, it's definitely, um, it's changed and it changes constantly because it's, it's, it's one of those things that it should be trial and error. Mm -hmm. And I've found that if you overwrite, overwork it, over script, you get thrown off too easily mm. and then you can't recover. Yeah. Or at least I can't. Okay. So I remember just the mechanics of the joke, why why I thought that was funny. Uh-huh. And then just try to so I bullet point and I write it down on my phone more often than not. Sure. And then I've been trying to just free write any lately, just like ten minutes, just writing whatever. And then I may pull a couple little things and then I'll usually they just kind of bounce around in my head mm-hmm. until I feel like there's a joke and then I'll write down kind of the bullet point. So like I have this, I have an orange North face jacket. Okay. I've had it for years. Sure. And I keep, I, I have a green hat that I'll occasionally wear with it okay. and I look like an Irish flag. Oh, that's good. I was and thinking the, carrot. Yeah. Yeah. And the joke is I look like an Irish flag, which is almost what they used to call me in high school. <laughs> that's right. So then I'll bounce that around and then figure out what I can do with that, mm. where I can work it in. But here's the thing. I'd have to wear the orange jacket and or the green hat ah, for yeah. it to be in context. So it's one of those jokes. It's like, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know. I don't think you need the props for the joke. It no. worked just now. I mean, right. if I could picture it, just describe it well enough. I guess. Yeah. You just set it up. Yeah. Just set it up like that. I don't know. I think you did it. <sighs> but like you're writing random things down and then you go expand. Yeah. Yeah. And then so like. And that's, I guess, what keeps them fresh is because they do change, you yeah. know, because I have done that where you write down word for word and then I would write it down again just so I could memorize it. But right. then it's it's too rigid. And then if you fuck up something in the in the setup, the whole thing, yeah, you don't you don't know what you're you're talking about. And it's not natural. Then you're just you're trying to, you know, say what you remembered instead of just saying, you know, what we can all talk. Yeah. You know, so really. it, it seems to work better. But it's hard to keep that going, and it's real easy to fall into bad habits. Yeah, that, I mean, I guess I'm a classic over-preparer. Like, even just today, I'm like, I haven't been on stage in a while, but I'm writing material, I'm getting every single word down and read that over. But if you're a one-liner guy, yeah, you probably have to. Right. Because there's word economy, you want to keep it short and simple, and you want to get to the point. That's right. And then you have your words that you can kind of turn on, you know, for wordplay, or then you have the reveal that kind of depends on certain things. And but you're more like, this is an example of my life. Here's a short story that happened, so it doesn't kind of, yeah. Mm. And so I've, I've, I've definitely tried to take a step away from 
doing the overworked stuff yeah and and then trying to do more just talking like talking to the audience like we're hanging out at dinner that's not easy no I think that's where improv and that's came where in. i start bombing yeah yeah oh my god what's your ratio like bombing to doing well um I, and I don't know. So here's the thing, man. I and I just I just bought the two last tapes from Comedy Works and uh -huh. just watched them, uh -huh. and I just felt okay about them. But if you had asked me how I did before I watched those tapes, I would have said, "Oh, dude, I did good." I was like Rod Dangerfield yeah, out there. I I did real good. <laughs> and then I watched the tapes. And I'm like, ugh, yikes. So that's something that I think that you're that's advice you're going to get everywhere is to record every set right and that's something that i need to start doing and then actually forcing myself to listen to them and then but i to get to your question that was the longest roundabout dodge right. that i ever gave <laughs> um but i uh i would say you know i do about half and half i okay. do okay you know if i'm comfortable and confident about something if i'm trying this brand new stuff that i'm not comfortable and confident in or something can throw me off pretty quickly. You know, if it's like a room, you know, and, you know, there there was a bunch of just humans there before and it was a good room, but I've been there too long and now right. the comedy is just kind of dead in the audience. And, yeah, you know, I get that. And then sometimes I'm like, I'm I, you, you protect your stuff. It's like, well, I've been writing this and I don't want to bomb it and mm. lose confidence in it. So I'm just going to go up there and riff. Yeah. And then maybe work it in a little bit. Tough, and man. then you just like you take the L and you're like, yeah. all right, I'm bombing tonight. I always take the L. The only thing I improvise is by saying hello. Really? Depending on how I'm gonna like how energetic it is. That's the only <laughs> thing that I'm like, that's up to the moment. I have no idea. Yeah. It's all rehearsed, it's all memorized. That's probably why I don't go up as much though. Because like five minutes of material is like fifteen hours of like writing and yeah. memorizing. It's a lot of work. It's a lot. Yeah. Or you could just, you know, like a lot of people do, walk up there and just start yeah. somewhere. And there's some people can take you down a path, and it's great. I can't believe that. I've seen comedians writing jokes on their thing at the mic after yeah. they've signed up, and then yep. they're like, "All right, now I'm going to start writing." And I've done that a lot, and then you don't remember anything you wrote. Yeah. As long as you can remember the first thing you wrote, usually uh, you're in okay shape. But I've never, uh, never done that. Uh, how did you meet your wife? We were friends. Uh huh. She was dating uh, a friend of my cousin okay, um, who lived with me back in the day. And we just hung out all socially, and then they broke up, and then she and I just hung out as friends. And I was out of a bad relationship, never asked her out, never tried anything. Mm -hmm. And I was just like hanging out with her. She can talk some shit, man. Nice. She's great. And uh, so, yeah, we'd go to like movies, and I'd go with her to the mall and stuff and hang out and and then we uh, kind of lost touch, and then we both ended up in Phoenix. I had moved back to Phoenix. Whoa. In 2015, uh -huh. moved back to Phoenix just for a change of scenery. Okay. Long story. Sure. Um, got a message on Facebook one day, and she said, hey, I ended up in Phoenix. We should hang out. We ended up going to opening day of the Diamondbacks. Whoa. And then just had a great day, and then I took her to this little shithole. Uh, it's called Harvey's Weinberger. They make burgers with cabernet oh, it's so good wow. and uh we were just sitting there talking and she was actually seeing some dude and she was like i don't like this guy <laughs> and i think i'm gonna ghost him and i was like well fucking dump him and let me take you out and she laughed and i said no seriously nice 
And then so we went out the next Saturday and we've been together ever since. And then I proposed to her at the Diamondbacks. Ah. I like even emailed the, the company or the, the team and everything. And then they had the proposal on the Jumbotron. And I, uh, I proposed at a baseball game because I'm that fucking guy. Uh, between the birthday announcements and the military appreciation, my proposal flashed up on the Jumbotron. Whoa. Yeah. Well, how, what was that like, man? Were you nervous? Oh, yeah. And there I was taking a knee while everyone else was standing for the troops. And uh, so I'm, I'm just sweating it. And I'm like, she's talking. She's like, just sitting there oblivious. And then all of a sudden, my it was Amanda, I love you with all my heart. Will you marry me? Wow. And then I maxed out the characters with question marks. It was not how I planned it, but she did say yes. Apparently she loves me. Because my last name is Knox. Her name is Amanda. So she is officially not that Amanda Knox. And I pointed, and she's like, what? 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 And then I got down on one knee Uh as they were starting the military appreciation. So, like, everybody's standing up, and there I am. And, like, I hear some dude like, that guy's proposing. And then he turns around. And he, he got his phone out uh-huh. just as I'm like putting my my the ring on her finger. Whoa. So we got footage of it. Of the actual moment. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Nice, dude. It was cool. Yeah. That's in front of all those people. Yeah, and then later we were on the kiss cam. Ah, that's classic. And then like like an idiot, I see I'm on the jumbo trial, I'm looking for the camera and I'm like <laughs> trying to wave. <laughs> and she grabs me, she's like, dummy. Damn. Yeah. That's a good one though. You did it, man. I mean, it was, I, I felt like I had to do something. Mm. Yeah, if it wasn't there, it was going to be at that Harvey's Weinberger. <laughs> I mean, one of two places. That I feel like to. if I proposed at the shithole Weinberger place, she probably would have said no. Really? I you know think location wife. matters that much? She was looking for something. Well, she knew it was coming. She picked <laughs> out the ring. Like, we went out, oh, we no. went to go look oh, okay. at rings, you know? Fantastic. Next thing I know, we're talking financing, and I, I have a fucking ring. <laughs> oh, that's too good, man. Do you? What do you think the hardest thing about comedy is? It, like everything. I mean, it's like you're you're writing and performing, you know. And that sounds so cliche and dumb. Yeah. I mean, but it's, you know, there's a lot of people who've made careers out of just writing, and there's people who've made careers out of just performing, but you're trying to do both. Right. And then you're trying to do both from zero. And, I mean, stage fright is one of those things, but trying to tap into something that's kind of relatable and that, that actually works mm-hmm. is is really difficult to do. A lot of trial and error in this. That's all it is. And consistency's, you know, mm-hmm. really tough. Because, you know, you, you talk to anybody, and, you know, you'll have the same material, and you'll go up two nights in a row, and one night it'll do really well, and the next it'll it'll eat dick. Mm. But it happens, and that's it. You know, and I I feel like comedy in a lot of ways is like golf. Mm. You know, like you'll get that one good hit, and you're like, damn man. And then you keep playing because you got that one good hit, and you just keep chasing it, and you feel like the whole time you're doing it, like you're right there on the cusp. Yeah, like I'm going to be really good at golf. Uh-huh. And then like you'll go out and you'll suck ass all day long i don't know what happened to my swing i used to be good i hit that one hit one day that's right so you're chasing that dragon you're making it sound like a drug it, it well it is like you it? get it right the first time you're like i need more scratching your forearm <sighs> yeah 
white lips, <laughs> suck a dick for money. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, like, how would you describe your style of comedy? I mean, and I guess I kind of do like old school. Mm. Just it's almost like set a punch, but I try to do as conversationally as possible. Talk about hating the Internet. Yeah. Right. You know what I hate, guys? <laughs> the Internet. <laughs> What's the deal with the internet? Hey, what's the deal? <laughs> like sweaters. Ah. Um, yeah, and I don't know. Like, I don't have too much of a style. Like, I, mm. I'm, I'm like, I'm not absurdist. I, I'm not. I. You still feel new in comedy? Oh yeah. You do constantly. I think yeah. that's it. Yeah, like I'm hardly three years in. It's you describe me as a one-liner, and that's flattering. Like that's like the idea. I'll go up there just have zingers, but yeah. I don't even know. I wouldn't. It's hard for me to say that. Well, it is, and that's the thing. It's it's really kind of hard to identify yourself, mm-hmm. what you do, because you're so lost in your own shit. And then you, that's right. you're you're busy, you know. One being nervous, two trying to, you know, remember everything. That it it really is difficult to kind of analyze things as they're happening. And there's yeah. times where you feel like you bombed, and people are like, "Man, that was good." And then there's times where you feel like you did good. And people won't talk to you after you come on stage. Oh, dude, I've had a lot of those. It's awful. So it's just, you know, I don't know, man. It's one of those things that it, when you're in it, it probably looks a lot different than people mm. watching it. Yeah. No, I get that. Uh, do you pick your nose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when I don't have, like, a whole bunch of stuff to, you know, like, I'm a, I'm a big, like, tissue paper over the finger kind oh, of guy. Oh, my God. Almost like a prophylactic kind of thing to protect your, your finger. Yeah, yeah to get in there. I got big nostrils. But, this is thoughtful. You know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. The car in particular. I have a little trash can in the car. and Full of snot. Like, yeah, like sheet boogers and like balls and, you know, you try to get it out the window. and That's me. You watch you people driving and you see somebody flick twice. That's a booger. Dude, there's so many crevices in my home where if you just looked a little closer, you'd be like, oh my God. Yeah. It's a gold mine. You're just flicking them? Get I, them out no, of I don't even, I'm not a flicker because that's out into the abyss and that seems rude. I'm like, I know exactly where it belongs. So you can get it later? Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. come back for it? I'm going to edit that part out, but yeah, exactly. So I can get it later. <laughs> go back to it. Uh, do you ever second guess comedy yeah i mean i second guess everything i mean as a rule yeah second guesser oh big time yeah so yeah and so i just i'm you know what do you do to stay focused and stay motivated sometimes you so you ever been between relationships or whatever and somebody will say the secret is you got to stop looking Mm. just kind of focus on you for a little bit, take some time. It always happens when you're not looking. And then it'll happen. And that's kind of been my approach when like, you know, you've, you're, you're just bombing every time you go up and you don't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You just kind of have to turn it off and be like, fuck it. I'm going to take a break. And then if you try to sit down with the the pen and the pad and you just try to pull something out of the air, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And it's, you just kind of have to go through and like, I usually will go back to the gym and I'll get a couple workouts in and, you know, just live life a little bit. And then I don't know, things just start creeping into your head a little bit. Right. Like, you know, that orange jacket you have uh, and the green hat you're wearing, you kind of look like an Irish flag. Like I am an Irish ah, flag. God yeah. damn it. God hates flags, dude. 
I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's, yeah, you kind of just live your life a little bit. Yeah, you have to take a break. And, like, I'm not one of these guys that's out there every night. There are guys that literally go to two mics a night. Yeah. And they can grind and they can get out and do the stuff. And, you know, I I, tr- I could definitely do it more. Yeah, I, mean, I hear I, that from every comedian. And that's the thing. But I, I would, I'm going to be one of these annoying guys mm. that after... New Year's. I'm gonna make the resolution to get ah, out there and hustle more and do the. It. Oh yeah, I'm okay. calling my shot. I'm gonna write every day. Uh-huh. I had goals for the first year mm. since April. Yeah, and it was one mic a week. I feel like that was something that was attainable, and sure. I I average out about that. But there were a lot of weeks I didn't go. Mm-hmm. But uh, there were some weeks I went twice, sometimes three times, and then nice. it was to get booked. I uh, did get booked on something. Yeah, what'd you get booked on recently? It was Big Jake's show. Big this Jake. One was not recently. It was back in October, but uh, I, I did his clean show at, uh, at the Voodoo. Okay. It was the first time I was ever asked to do somebody's show. Do you first work clean? Generally, yeah. Most of my stuff is clean. But you don't... That's a conscious decision? Or? Kind of, yeah. Because when I first started, you know, I was writing just dick jokes galore. Sure. And then... I moved to like even more because I was listening to a lot of like Opie and Anthony and uh, I got real dirty and yeah. it didn't work and it was gross and it was it was it's not you no it didn't match yeah the stuff before was dumb and it was you know it was like this boy meets world uh, dick joke sure. variety it was but then it was like I was trying too hard to be Jim Norton uh, and then it just did not work yeah damn yeah but you got booked on Big Jake's yeah so I met him at um the Friday night mic at Growler, Laura Thompson's mic. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, he caught me on a on a good night. Nice. And yeah, so he, he emailed me, and I was the opener. And yeah, it was a great show. I like Big Jake a lot. You said that was the first and last time you got booked. Yeah, I have not been booked again. Doesn't it feel good though? Yeah, dude. And again, I was nervous. I saw the uh, he messaged me on Facebook. He was like, "Would you like to do my clean show?" And I was like, I like closed the message right away. I was like, <laughs> "Nope." Nope, yeah. nope. And then uh, yeah, everyone back is like, dude, I'd love to. And I was like, man, I've got maybe three minutes. He's like, it's six, seven minutes. Mm. I was like, maybe three minutes I can clean up. So I wrote. And a lot of it wasn't great stuff, but it, I filled the time. You, you filled the time. Yeah. Okay, you feel good doing that. I mean, that's, yeah. And I invited, my wife was there, her mother. It's a big deal, yeah. Man. Yeah, there was family in the audience. And, wow. Yeah. That's wild, dude. First time I got booked, it was... Uh, like my first year really focusing on comedy and it's at this wine bar and like I invite everybody out and it was of course snowy that night it was in November 2017 and was this Infinite Monkey? There no oh. this was uh, Water to Wine <clears throat> huh. they don't even do mics anymore this was okay. the first time they had done a mic and they're like we're trying to get people but I remember like first year comic gets booked ego through the roof yeah man I think that you did happens. something good I did something good and I'm like I'm the shit I'm amazing and nah it's just it's so hard to stay like that like I think a lot of comics have like yeah I got booked here but the comics that get booked consistently look yeah I mean that's the goal yeah you want you know what I hate seeing Mm. and it's just pure raw 
jealousy is everybody posts those those pictures where it's like my December dates and then they've got all these yeah and some of these people like they are doing comedy more often than not it's like an everyday thing right like fuck you yeah their regular nine to five is their side hustle yeah yeah Yeah. and I mean I guess that's and you know you can't begrudge somebody who's been doing comedy for years on end and they they go out every night and they actually put the work in I can but I want to be handed everything and I I feel like I want to have a picture with a dumb picture of me and my December dates dude it'll happen it's gonna happen man you'll have April dates probably well I'm gonna get out there in January <laughs> in January and you're gonna make it till February with those resolutions yeah we'll see um. I mean I'm, my my real resolution is gonna be to stick with everything that I, that I put my mind to and really? that's everything not just comedy nice and yeah that's gonna be keeping the house clean that's gonna be taking my wife out and making her feel appreciated and buying flowers and giving her cards and you know try and try to do more in every aspect yeah and hopefully it just becomes habit and a kind of a personality change um what's the last thing you stole you ever steal anything oh yeah as a kid i was really into shoplifting a klepto uh yeah it was fun we used to go out and steal all the time and then uh i got caught that was the end of that Almost got arrested. How old were you? Uh, 14, maybe. Okay, what were you stealing? At Kmart cigarettes. Cigarettes from Kmart? Yeah. That's a yeah. really... Uh, it was dumb. And yeah, we should have known better. That was the 90s, was it not? Well, yeah, they were like right there. Remember the back in the day, you could just walk up and pick up your own pet. Oh, I don't remember. How old are you? I don't remember that. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, you were a baby. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like... I don't know. So yeah, it, it was... That was the last time I stole anything. That was really the last time you haven't stolen anything since? No. And now I'm like, I mean, music. Mm, LimeWire. Yeah. I think I was using, um, started with a K, Kazaa, maybe Kaba. I don't mm, remember. I don't sure. know. Okay. Yeah, dude. I, so I think that if that, if you count that. But you don't steal that much anymore. No, I try not to. I mean, no, I just don't. I mean, I all right. I'm a grown ass man. There's no going to jail in my 30s for stealing, <laughs> and fine, I just don't dude. have the desire. I guess no, no. Well, we'll steal some shit sometimes. There we dude. go. It's really fun. I haven't paid for chapstick in eight years. Nice. Just Amazing. throw it in the pocket, and no one's gonna. Looking at my lips, you're like, I don't believe you. You chapped ass <laughs> piece of shit over there. Hey, uh, man, it's dry. It's that winter itch, dude. dude. It's winter, man. Yeah, no, I get you. Yeah. Uh, how do your parents feel about stand up comedy? <laughs> So my dad is, he's supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he asks about it, and so does my mom. They're both, yeah, they, I mean, I would say they're they're generally supportive of everything. You know, okay. and I think they, I think they, they kind of are like, oh, yeah, that's cool that you're doing that. Just don't quit your job. You mm. know, like, you know, be realistic. Okay. You know, they're cautiously optimistic about everything. They're sure. like, but yeah, they ask about it. And it's funny, my mom just recently asked me if I had any suggestions for comedians she might like. Uh-huh. And I told her, oh, yeah, there's a Christian comedian that was working out in Denver for a while, John Christ. Okay. You got to check him out. Christ? Yeah. Christ, right? C-R-I-S-T. Anyways, like a week later, he gets Me Too'd, and they have to cancel his big Netflix oh. special and tour. And then Whoa. she asked me, she's like, two days later, she's like, hey, I forgot who you recommended to me. And I said, oh, yeah, well, it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man. And I was like, yeah, might as well check him out anyways. You might like him. Uh, he's in my prayers. That's too bad to hear. Um, <laughs> like, what's the goal with comedy then for you now? I don't know. I mean. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I do enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that I used to love doing and then telling people about it. Mm. Like, even when I had quit the first time, like I used to tell people, oh, I used to do comedy. It was like this right. thing I'd throw out. Sure. And now it's just like people, so everybody at work knows now, it's like being outed. You know, it's like it's everybody's like, oh, you're, 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 and then like you're kind of feel embarrassed about it. You're like, sure. eh, I don't, yeah, I'll let you know. You know, next time I'm up oh, at Comedy Works, yeah, I'll let I you know. the exact same way. You know, so it doesn't, I don't know, but it's like, I feel like being a part of the Denver comedy scene is kind of significant kind of regardless of where you're at, mm. even if you are just a shipper to open micer mm-hmm. and you go once, maybe twice a week and you end up making, you know, New Year's resolutions to do it more often, sure, you still get to see people that are incredible. Right. That, that there's no doubt, like Sam Talent's going to be a household name. He will be. Yeah, I mean, he is amazing. And like, yeah. you know, you get to go see, you know, Nathan Lund, Christy Bukley. You get to see... Like Stephen A.J. Yeah, uh, Janae. Yeah. Uh, Derek Stroop's going to be huge. You know, you see all these people that, like, there's going to be a day where, like, oh, yeah, I, I used to see him back. That's I great. met him once, and yeah. he was like, yeah, 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 you know. Is that the goal? You want to be like, hey, I knew him when he No, was I mean, I, I ultimately, you know, you want to have your own little, you want the shipbird open micer to kind of look at you in that same regard like ah. oh yeah i got to meet that dude nice now he he you know he hosts occasionally right. at a bar i might go to now he works at kmart <laughs> yeah. yeah they let him back in the store <laughs> so i don't know i mean i i think the goal is just not to quit ah, you know and i just fantastic. yeah that was a long ass way to say no that. that's such a great way to say it though. but i think that's just that's been my biggest obstacle is my my own just you know, just inability to stick with anything. Yeah. And I do, I just want to keep going and see what happens. And maybe this isn't the thing. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll find my, my thing that's adjacent to this and, you know. Like what? What do you think? I don't know. I haven't found it yet. Hate speeches. Yeah. I'll lead a campaign, you know, sponsored by the Russians and I'll make a shit ton of money. You have to print it on newspaper. No one's going to see it. No, it'll be deeply underground. It'll be like zine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Scale of one to ten, how hard do you think you work now versus how hard you're going to work next year? I mean, I, I don't put all. I definitely know I could put more effort into it. Okay. Um, I do spend. I do spend a, a good deal of time just thinking of stuff, you know, tr- bouncing those jokes around in my head, trying to come up with better stuff. Um, I need to get on stage more. I need to. Right. So I would say I probably give it a two. Ah. But I would like to give it a three. Okay. All right. I was going to give it a two, actually. For you, I mean. Okay. So that's yeah, crazy there that we you go. said that. Glad we're dialed in. Uh, man, we've gotten to know you a lot. Um, and I like to end these podcasts always by asking just a bunch of rapid-fire questions. So I'm going to throw a bunch out at you, kind Got of like it. what we've been doing, but just answer to the best of your ability. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite color? Uh, black. Uh, when's the last time you spoke to your father? Uh, it was Monday. Oh. Uh, what's your biggest fear? Uh, dying alone. Uh, what's the worst injury you've ever had? I broke my arm uh, rollerblading when I was like uh, 
probably too old to be rolling, but I was like 14. Ah, okay. You broke your arm. Yeah, I fell off a, a ramp. Oh, break a leg at your next show. Oh, uh, thanks a lot, buddy. Uh, what's something you're never wrong about? Oh, God, I feel like I'm wrong about everything more often than not. Um, I, I'm pretty good at fixing dental equipment, I'm not going to lie. Nice. You're never wrong about it. Uh, yeah, I am, but I feel like I'm I'm confident enough. That's my weird little niche, you know. Like okay. I can walk into a dental office and I can fix some problems. That's, I was literally just gonna ask, like, what other talents do you have besides comedy? That's it, man, and that's why okay. I'll always have a job here. Whoa! Yeah. All right, hey, that's good to have like a safety net, though. Yeah, for sure. This one's broad, but answer how you will. What do you recommend? Um. I mean, I recommend getting married. It's been, it's definitely been great for me. It's, mm. it is a lot of work. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's something that I, I, I didn't realize the amount of work that went into it until I did it. Yeah. And I still have a lot of work to do, but it's, it's ultimately, it's very fulfilling and it's yeah. great to have somebody. Does that help life. your comedy at all? I mean, it gives you something to talk about. Ah. Yeah, I just wait till yeah. I have kids and then I'll be that guy. I'll be the dad comic. You have two dogs already. You basically have kids. That's true. Um, have you ever had an idea for an invention? Um, kind of. Mm -hmm. I had a couple ideas for things that I could try to make work in the dental business, but like, um, just different ways of. So basically, um, cheaper ways uh, for you know the things that makes the drills run. Oh yeah, those are called delivery units. Um, trying to make a, an easier way to, to make that work kind of and then and, you know basically the thing came out six months after i started thinking about this why do they do all this extra stuff when they could just do that and then they just did that it happened i swear to god that happens yeah uh favorite sports team all time denver broncos ah, i feel like i saw that coming it's either them or the diamondbacks actually i'm a bigger rockies fan i i am such a fair weather baseball fan as it is but yeah i do like the rockies love going to the games you're a Broncos guy. Broncos guy. Uh, what's the most expensive item that you own? Uh, my wife's ring. <laughs> and I don't even know if that I own that. I think. Well, you gave it away. I gave it away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that counts. Uh, <laughs> well, when's the last time you cried? Um. I've gotten teary-eyed in therapy. Last time I full on cried. I, you know, I cry at weird shit like, uh, yeah, that's a sad movie. There's a, <laughs> so I don't know if it's the last time, but it's a good example. And it's what, oh, I'll give you a tip. Huh? The latest Toy Story movie. Oh, we saw it in theaters, dude, and I had, I had like, I had not enough beers, but <laughs> I had a, a beer or two. And there's a scene, have you seen it? Uh, I've seen the third one. I'm not watching the fourth one. Dude, there's a scene in the fourth one uh -huh. where uh, there's a doll that just badly wants to be taken home by some little girl. And uh, she gets rejected by this little girl. And then they're like, they're escaping. And then there's this little girl and she's lost and she's scared. And uh, they put the doll down there mm -hmm. so she can be adopted by the girl. And the little girl goes, are you lost too? Oh, <laughs> dude, he's teary-eyed right started, now. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> and my wife cried too. I don't know. It just it got me. Yeah. And I'm like I said, it, it 
It could have been the beer talking. Dude, the third one got me, which is exactly why I didn't want to see the At fourth. the end? At the end. Yeah. When he was giving the box away. Yeah. Dude, Disney, man. I'm not strong enough. They get you. Uh, what's your pin number? What? Yeah, I know. Just, <laughs> I'm just throwing them out. My pin number? Mm-hmm. Mm, five, six, seven, nine. Nah, I knew it. Um, <laughs> uh, who has it harder, men or women? Women. I agree. Yeah. Who's your best friend? Oof, my wife. Ah. Yeah, that, I shouldn't even have to hesitate on that. But you did, and we're keeping it in. Um, <laughs> last one. My name is Chris Knox, and I am... Uh, a shitbird comedian. <laughs> Chris Knox, thanks for doing this, man. Hey, that thanks was amazing, for coming dude. over. This thanks is awesome. For the water. That's fantastic. My first podcast. With ice. Oh. And there you have it. That was Chris Knox, everybody. Wow. Holy shit. That one, um... That was so fun. That was so fun to record, and it just kind of makes me reminisce. Even though, you know, the first time I met Chris was, like, less than a year ago. It's just, it's so insane, dude, that you just meet a comedian at an open mic, and then he ends up being a part of the podcast or wants to be a part of it. Um, you know, it's just cool that both of our comedy journeys, so to speak, have led us to this uh, little area, and I don't know, it, it was just pleasant, and... You know, he's just a kind guy, as you can tell. You know, this guy loves comedy. He thinks about it all the time and knows a lot about teeth. Knows a shit ton about teeth. So if you have comedy questions or teeth questions or comedy teeth questions, like which is the funniest tooth, I'm sure Chris has an answer for that. He probably already knows that joke. Because if I'm thinking of teeth in comedy, you go back to the classic. There's a classic joke. Um, what time do you go to the dentist? Tooth hurty. Ah, uh, that is an oldie, but a goodie. But a goodie. Um, so if you go and talk to him about comedy and teeth, just don't bring that up because I don't... Any, anyways, whatever. I don't know what I'm talking about, but... Holy shit, that was fun. Thanks for letting me into your home, Chris. And if you're out there listening, I don't know that you are listening to this because you say you don't like your voice. I think it translates well over the medium, so... Who knows? Maybe that's just a little bit of your own thing. Um, But yeah, if you are listening to this, I would love to sit down and uh, have another conversation. Same to all you comedians out there. If you guys are listening, uh, man, just hit me up. I'm a message away on Facebook and Instagram. All that stuff is in the description. And yeah, I would just love to sit down with anybody who is uh, interested in this or willing to be a part of it. So that's all from me. um, And that's all from Chris next week. Another very special guest. We have another comedian, Sammy Anzer, who has been doing comedy in Denver for a while. I think he started back in Memphis and New York, if I remember right. Um, And I can't believe that I got to sit down with that guy as well. Podcast is kind of getting some legs. We'll see. I got to keep the momentum going in this year. If you guys have any advice for how to keep momentum going and avoiding burnout... Holy shit, hit me up, man. I, I could use all the help that I can get with this. Um, but I'm very excited for next week, so please tune into that one. Sammy Enzer is actually a teacher as well. and We kind of get into that subject. and You know, I don't know. It's just uh, that one is fascinating as well, so I don't want to spoil it too much. But thank you guys for listening. 
Um, happy New Year again. I think this is the second one of the year, so maybe the last one of the year. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. But thank you guys for listening. I don't know how many times I can say that. I'm going to go not do this anymore. Um, and that's it. That's all for me. So thanks for listening. in my mic this is what i sound like this is who i am this is what i do what do you do who are you how is this do you have anything just mumble yep uh, i uh, i'm a me you are a you yeah i, I hey, i'm a me i've been a me for 37 years holy shit <laughs>